0: And welcome to the Prickly Things Podcast, the show where we are open and honest about everyday life in hopes to empower, motivate, and inspire you. So, listen close because we all love a good story. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Prickly Things Podcast. Today's story is all about the unexpected things that can happen to us in everyday life. And joining me all the way from El Paso, Texas, is Elisa Espinosa. And Elisa is sharing her story about finding her strength. Um, Elisa, I'm so excited to have you with me today. Thank you so much for saying yes. I know it didn't take a lot of convincing (laughs) on my part to tell you. Like, Elisa, (laughs) would you mind sharing your story? And I know it's not something easy that you can be open about so comfortably, especially with an audience, as this is a podcast and your story is going to be heard not only by me for the first time, but by other people hearing us right now. And I was super excited to bring you on because you have been very vocal about your own story on social media and your journey in finding your strength and that is a huge topic that I want to dive into because it's not easy to come out of a bad situation and make something good out of it and part of me starting this podcast was for that same reason Mm -hmm. and I've found my voice where I can't. Be quiet anymore it's like this gift where i am honest i am blunt i tell you how i feel and i tell you how real it is and i just let go because i feel like i've internalized so many things in my life that yesterday i let go of everything literally i didn't think i was going to be able to talk today because i had been talking so much yesterday and to eddie who's my husband to my friends i called them up and, Hale's was like, hey, I miss you. And I want to connect with you. I want to be a better friend. I haven't talked to you in so much or so long, but I, to, I want you to know I'm here for you. And it was a whole day of, like, awakening. Like, it feels so good to release everything and just tell everyone how I feel, have them listen to me, and whatever they do with that information, it's up to them. I told Eddie, like, now you know. Now you know that I feel like this, and this is why I feel like this. This is why I am the way I am. And now you can understand me a little bit better. So next time, you know, there's an argument or next time I, you know, I can tell you why I feel like this. And you can't just say, oh, I didn't know. Now, you know, you understand. So part of me coming to you about sharing your story, like you've been very vocal on social media about finding your strength. And there's a lot of Things that we can share about your story to help motivate others. I know just looking at your pictures and your comments and your posts, I get motivated to, first of all, go to the gym (laughs) to see your transformation, your body transformation, (laughs) because that's the first thing you see on a person, how they look. And yes. you see, I've I known you for many years and I see you looking strong. You look fit. You look like you have muscle <laughs> and you're flexing on camera. And I was like, damn, like I want to do that. And it's a lot of work, but behind the scenes, you can only post a picture of the, the success, but yes. you can't post a picture of how hard it was to get there. You can't explain that in a picture, yes. but seeing the other side of, you know, now you're, you know, what 114 pounds of muscle (laughs) and that is a lot to be excited and feel so proud and accomplished but again it's about those successes but it's also about those hard times that make us get there and I am super excited to give you the space to share your story. I want you to be comfortable. Um, Again, you're talking to me as a person that you've known, but also you're talking to an audience that hopefully in hearing your story, you can motivate them. And um, I hope you have a message for someone out there who may be in your situation and think about that. What would you like to tell that person who may be you and how would you have wanted someone to tell you at that time, mm-hmm. it's all gonna be okay. So yes. thank you for sharing this space with me. Um, I'm super excited, like I said, I'm brand new, but I'm just doing this. I am being honest, I'm being open and uh, I can't wait to get started. I'm gonna clip this yes. here yes. and how are you feeling? I'm, I'm good nervous. I don't think I've ever shared
1: my story with anybody that doesn't know me, that it's not around me that has seen me. Um, Most of the people that know my progress, they have seen me from, you know, when I was in the hospital bed to my powerlifting need. Um, So I don't know that I've I've ever shared, unless you've seen the picture on social media, you don't know me. Um, I've never shared my story with somebody that I don't know. So it's exciting. I I look forward to it.
0: Good. And that's part of being here. You know, you have your own circle of friends, you have your own circle of people that know you, but In that circle you know you don't know who you can motivate outside of that circle and you don't know who someone hearing your story can be impacted in just listening and how we can help others again motivate empower and inspire to do great things because at the end of the day we're just everyday people trying to figure life out so thank you for joining me i'm super excited (laughs) um how are you feeling today it's sunday it's yes. Daylight <laughs> Savings Day. We were just talking about it. We were just like, what time is it? And what? <laughs> and you yes, so I well, woke
1: up super early today. Uh, man, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So happy to see you because I hadn't seen you. You're I know. Right now. I know. <laughs> so. It's
0: crazy. It's been a crazy journey since we've last seen each other. Yeah. I graduated college and I moved on and you know I was so excited to start life until I figured how hard it was <laughs> and I'm like can I just go back to those easy times when I was just worrying about school and didn't have to yeah. worry about a job and you know there were just, yes those were a lot more simple times but still they were tough and challenging and yes. looking back I was like that's a lot easier than what I'm dealing with now so yes. yeah yes. you never know the good times until they're gone trust oh, me yes yes um <laughs> But Alisa, I want to start this conversation and I want to give you the space to open up and be comfortable in sharing your story. Um, So I know uh, probably the best way to start and the best way to introduce everyone to you is talking about eight years ago. You've highlighted eight years ago on your social media. You always go back to that day and time eight years ago. Can you talk to me about what happened eight years ago?
1: Um, yeah. So I always share that day because I, things happen. You are living life and from one moment to the next, your life can change. We, we all hear that. we say in a blink of an eye. Your life changes and nothing is the same. But it doesn't really mean something until it happens to you. Um, so it was December 9th, 2012. Uh, my friends from work and I had planned this trip to carlsbad uh new mexico we were gonna go and explore take pictures those of us that like photography we're gonna do like a photography contest within our small group and we were just gonna go and come back and just have fun it was a one-day trip you were in el paso at that time right yes we were in el paso and it's about i'm gonna say like a two and a half hour trip so not bad we're just gonna go and have fun how old were you I was 27. Uh, yeah, I was 27. And like I said, we were just, we were friends. We were just going to go, packed up my things. And I kept the text messages, but I have text messages from uh, one of our friends that was driving and said, do you have your camera? Do you have your passport? Do you have your this? Yes, got it. Check, check. So we're ready for tomorrow. Um, I have a text message from my dad that morning that said, have a nice trip, have fun, take a lot of pictures. I'm like, yes, yes, we're, we're excited. Uh, We were on our way. The last thing I remember is that we were on our way and we stopped at a McDonald's to have breakfast. And I always have the same thing for McDonald's. Do not judge me. I always eat the same thing and I never eat anything else from McDonald's. I always have a
0: of fish. It doesn't matter what time what? it is. <laughs> no, I've never had it. I don't trust fish from anywhere. Even Popeye's now came up with a fish sandwich. That's not, appet- I mean, you said don't yeah. judge me, but I do. I'm just like, oh my God. I'd rather eat the of
1: fish than chicken nuggets. What? I don't know why. <laughs> or the burger. I may mean, I may eat the chicken nuggets, but a burger, I'm more iffy. So I always have the filet of fish. I never have anything Even else. Even for breakfast? A filet of fish uh, with fries
0: and a Coke. Wow. Well, now that's I know. Next time I see you, <laughs> I'm going to ask you out to lunch, and I'm going to take you to McDonald's. If we go to McDonald's, that's what I'll have. Uh, okay.
1: And yeah, that's that's the last thing I, I remember. And next thing I know, um, I am waking up in a hospital bed. Three days later with my mom next to me. Mind you, my mom lives in Mexico City.
0: Um, so wow. having my mom You were in next El Paso me, by yourself
1: at that time? I was in El Paso by myself. I don't have any family here. Um, so yes. I, I wake up again uh, December twelfth. I remember because it's the Dia de la Virgen. So I, I had uh, I woke up that day and my mom uh, my mom was there. Again, I I was high on morphine. I was I had all the things I remember that I asked for on my phone. First thing I did was take a selfie and post it
0: on Facebook saying, Thank you, friends, I'm doing okay, (laughs) everything is fine. Did you realize you were in the hospital though? Like you wake you wake up, I'm in the hospital, you didn't care to think uh what happened (laughs) to me. Why am I here? no idea all
1: i wanted to say was thank you for the people that i guess were messaging me and part of this is you know memories back and forth because again i was high in morphine and all the medications uh but yeah the first thing i wanted to do was post on social media a selfie saying thank you i'm okay i don't know what's wrong but i don't know what happened (laughs) but i'm okay um I, I also asked about my friends, my friends that were with me in the car.
0: Two of them had minor injuries, were fine. So then you we, wake up in the hospital bed because you had a car accident. Yes. When you wake up, you don't know that you had a car accident. But I had no idea. How did happen. you find out? Yeah. Who told you?
1: I think it was days later. I think the, whoever was with me, let you know my recovery happen. And then they later told me what, what happened, uh, So technically, or the story that they tell me is that we rolled off a cliff. We rolled off a cliff, a 20-foot cliff, and it was an accident. It was was not to blame the driver. Nobody hit us. It was a windy day, and if you are from El Paso, you know how windy our area can get. Um, It was a small car, and the wind pushes off the road, and it just happened to be a part of the highway that did not have, like, a shoulder railing. Um, so we just rolled off a cliff. How
0: many people were with you that day?
1: There were four of us Um, so I was the passenger the co-pilot one of my other friends was driving and two friends in the back Uh, one of them flew out of the car Uh, he had major injuries as well he lasted in a coma longer than I did I was in a coma for three days. It was was considered a a coma? Yes Uh, and my friend was in an induced coma for two weeks uh, because gosh. his internal injuries were just so painful that they just had to
0: put um, him in a coma, put him down basically to yeah, recover.
1: To recover, yeah. Because oh my he punctured goodness. along, broke a bone on his leg. Uh, so he was, he was bad. Um, but thankfully he's, he's recovered. Uh, he is now, I believe he's still in Italy. Uh, he went to do his master's and he stayed there. So he's he's doing well. Uh, all of us are doing well. Oh yeah, four four of us in the car, two of us landed in the hospital and um, are fully recovered now.
0: Eight years later, but at that time, you're eight years ago and you're in the hospital bed. You've just been told you had a car accident. What was your reaction? I'm glad I'm okay.
1: And again, I, from my recovery, people around me always told me that I had a positive attitude, that I was like, oh, it's going to be okay. I was in so much pain. Um, I was physically? First, yes, physically. The first, I'm going to say two months, I was on pain medication every four hours. And the first two weeks I was on morphine, pure morphine. The weeks after that, I was on pain medication every four hours, which meant I was awake for like 10 minutes before I was you know, back asleep because of the heavy pain medication that I had. And so that was, the time I was in the hospital was the easy part because I had people around me. I had, uh, my mom was here for a couple months. I had nurses. I had, I had help. It was difficult because I, if you see my pictures, I had a full brace of you've seen the halo and you know what a halo is. Like they drill the holes into your head. and to You had you. holes in your head? I did not. I had a removable halo, uh, which means I had a brace that anytime I, I was sitting up, um, I had to have this brace on that kept my neck in a line. Like my spine had to be in a line. So basically the, I had several injuries. I had a, a hairline fracture on my wrist. I have five fractures on my face because, um, and I injure my, my knee. So really what hurt me from the accident was not really the rolling over, but the airbag.
0: What? The airbag so, is supposed to save your life. Yes. But if you
1: hear the warnings of do not have a child four feet nine or under at the front seat, listen, because I am 4'10". And really what damaged me was the airbag. Yeah, maybe save my life who knows? Uh, The nature of my injuries came from the airbag. So the airbag really hit my face directly, which injured my neck. Um, That caused to have um, liquid in my spine, which was the worry uh, from my accident. Yeah, I had a, a couple fractures on my back, but that wasn't really the concern. The concern was the liquid in my spine. And so they had to drain it and wait for it to drain. And that is why they had Anytime I I was sitting up, I had to have this brace that kept my spine on a straight line. um, And I had the brace for three months, um, which meant for three months, I had to ask for help to go to the bathroom. I couldn't shower on my own. Um, This is when they told me you can't pick up anything heavier than a gallon of milk um, because your back can't take it.
0: And even in the recovery period, you are in the hospital. How long were you in the hospital for? I was
1: in the hospital hospital for two weeks. Then I got transferred to a rehab center for, a rehab center that had nurses and and medical staff for another two weeks. And from there, they made the decision to send me to another neuro rehab center because I couldn't be on my own. Technically, I didn't have to be in a hospital and technically I didn't have to be in a rehab center. But because I have no family and nobody to be home with me to help me go to the bathroom, to help me shower, nobody at home in case anybody anything happened. I had to be in another rehab center, in a newer rehab center for another month and a half until I they deemed me safe, to, to be safe, to be independent and go home on my own.
0: Wow. Because my mom had
1: to go you know, back to Mexico City. My dad couldn't be here. Um, So I couldn't be home by myself because I had to have somebody help me go to the bathroom. I had to have somebody there to help me shower. Um, So they sent me to this rehab center and I went in kicking and screaming because I did not want to be there. As a strong, independent woman that I already was, I said, I can do this on my own. I I do not want to be here. And I signed 2020, I guess
0: I needed to be there. Wow. um, So besides of the physical... (laughs) you know help that you needed it was also hard on your emotional health to feel like you depended on someone I tell Eddie that I've thought about that before like when I can't reach something I'm like Eddie I can't reach it can you help me get it and that Mm -hmm. takes away from me asking you I can't do that by myself I need you to do this for me and you say that I need you and that's so hard to say to ask someone for help in in your situation to go to the bathroom I need someone to take my pants down Maybe help me clean up clean, yep. something basic clean that up. you can do. And you need someone to clean you up after
1: you and, use the restroom. And both of us have been raised to be strong, independent Mexican women. Yes. Right? Mexican women can do it all. And we don't ask for help. And we don't need nobody to do anything for us because yes. we can do it on our own. That was a, a real awakening uh, to have somebody. And... At some point, it was my mom. Even my mom, I was embarrassed to have my mom take me to the bathroom. And oh. his mom, like, you've you've already done your part, mom. You don't have to do this for me. And it was you it feel was
0: like hard. a burden, right?
1: Yes, it was. It was hard to receive the help. Sometimes I'm okay asking for help when I know that I need it. But this was this time, I was like, fine. Yes, you know from like you say, just taking me having to push a button we are used to I need to go I get up and go uh when I was in the, the last rehab center I had to push a button and wait for somebody to be available to come get me
0: and to take you that, to the restroom
1: yeah and I, I couldn't do it on my own and so I had to wait sometimes 30 minutes to 45 minutes sometimes an hour and I was so frustrated um uh, because I, I just couldn't. Uh, but at the same time, you always, you're appreciative of what you have, right?
0: And, and to this, think that this was, you know, people you didn't know. These are professionals in the healthcare field who. That's how you know that this is their calling, because, like you said, even your mom, you didn't feel comfortable her wiping you or taking you to the restroom. But I would imagine it would even feel even more uncomfortable from a stranger. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes. It's-
1: and somehow sometimes having a stranger and my guy may not see you again but my mom I will keep seeing her <laughs> for the rest of my life uh, but yeah that was that was hard and at, at some point I was like you know what I'm okay but even when I got out of rehab and I went home I still had to prepare my home my small studio apartment that I had at the time to be able because I was still wearing my brace but I was the I was strong enough at that point that I could get up and sit up on my own, put my own brace on and then move a little bit. At that point, I remember I was walking to work for a couple hours a day and then I came back. But I still had to prepare my, my home to shower sitting down. I had to install a handheld sh- uh, shower head. And I asked for one of my El Paso friends my, uh, that we both know, um, S.B. And uh, S.B., um, can you come help me shower? And she's like, of course, mija. And again, I have no family in El Paso, but the relationships that I made with the people here. Are
0: I was family your family. <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: this, this is my family now. So I had to call up a friend to say, can you help me shower? And she's like, mija, I'll be there in five minutes. Thank you. Uh, because it was still the fear, like, I don't want to fall. If I fall, I don't want to break again. But we got through through the easy part, like I said, those first three months of rehab was easy. Well, I have all my pain medication. I had people around me when I was in the hospital. That was the best time. When I left the second rehab center, it was it was a rehab center for the elderly. So most of them were, you know, abuelitos and abuelitas. The day I left, I was like, "Bye, so and so, bye." So-and-so. I was already making friends. Like, yeah, I was. I was it was happy a good time. Yes, it was a good time. <laughs> The hard part of my recovery came after. When there was no pain medication, when I took my brace off and by all looks, I looked okay. I was recovered. Um, I was, yeah, all my friends were doing their thing. Now the hype of the accident was over. And now I had to learn to live with the pain. I was in constant pain. Physical pain, right? Physical pain. Yeah. Little things as standing up at the store, waiting in line. It would hurt my back so bad. Uh, It was the time when uh, CrossFit and marathons kind of were the popular thing around everywhere. And I would see all my friends doing CrossFit and joining CrossFit gyms and running marathons. And I'm like, I'm never going to be able to do that.
0: That's because somebody told you that. The, at some yeah, point
1: the doctor said yeah you're back you're never gonna be able to do um anything but at the time my fear was like if i can't carry a gallon of milk how am i gonna have children did you oh, well <laughs> i didn't uh i was so far away from ever having children i was like no but that was my that was one of my fears uh, at the time and i was like I, I don't care we'll figure it out i can always adopt right uh but yeah, that, that, was, that was my fear. And I, I didn't really want to do much exercise because it would, it would hurt. It was just the pain. Uh, during my recovery, so my accident was in December. The following July, I moved to upstate New York. It was a great opportunity after graduate school to just get away from the people that saw me. Vulnerable. But- Yes. And I was like, I will move to a place where nobody knows I had a car accident and I will just be me.
0: Be so a new person.
1: <laughs> yes. And I left. Oh when you hear grandma say it's gonna rain, my knee hurts. It was it's gonna rain, my knee hurts. It was <laughs> it was painful. Just the cold. It was it was very cold and just my I could feel feel my broken bones and I could feel wow. everything hurt. And it was just uncomfortable. And, and to the, the audience
0: out there, we make a point about the weather because both Elisa and I come from dry heat, desert weather. Mm-hmm. I'm from Arizona, as I've mentioned before. Elisa is coming to us from El Paso, Texas. And if anyone out there is either from Arizona or El Paso, all we know is hot weather, yes. heat, heat waves and, you know, we get tanned easily we burn in the sun but from going to the heat to the cold in new york elisa that is it was it was insane in new york
1: i went from 20 minutes north of the mexican border to 20 minutes south of the canadian border Wow. So i was i was up there in the cold and it just it did not help that i had all these broken bones on me when the transition to this new place and yeah, I was. I tried to go to the gym. I tried to go swimming. I would. I remember I posted the day that I walked my first mile. I was so proud of myself, and it hurt. Uh, and so that was that was the hard part. That was the hard part of I should be okay. Why am I still in pain? So it took a lot of the. Let your body recover, and let's see if today you can walk a mile, and that's all you can do and you rest for the next three days that's okay because you really have to trust your body and when your body is ready and my body wasn't and so I I, I would say I can't do this because my back hurts and I, I could see people just like Ugh. again I'm like it really does like you have no
0: idea how how bad it hurts and you're young, you are a young <laughs> yeah. person at 27, even right now, you know, we're young and it's like, oh, my back hurts. That's what yeah, like you hear an elderly person hurts. say, you yeah. know, like you hear your grandma like, oh, my back hurts. But you you, you associate that with her age. At yeah. 27, your physical pain, you can only associate that to your car accident. But people didn't know you had a car accident. So you, yeah. you, when you were complaining, my back hurts, my hand hurts, my legs hurt. People just think you're lazy.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, and we we
1: did an exercise for work, maybe a month ago or two months ago, where and if, if you should try this on your podcast because it was it was very challenging. It was simple. The question was, "Who are you?" And we had to say who we were for two solid minutes. That was it. Was challenging, but for the past seven and a half years my who am I is I am the person that survived the car accident whoever I met that was work related I was like okay so I had an accident a year ago I had an accident two years ago I had an accident three years ago that was the first thing that I said in this last exercise that we did when I had to say who I was power lifter came first what at the end of my two minutes I was like oh wait I forgot to say that I was in a car accident. So it just moved it it moved of who I am and it does no longer define me. And yes, uh, one of the things uh, that I've always said, I had, I had several scars on my arms and I said, I never want to cover up my scars because they are a reminder of who I am. Now they are a reminder of your life can change in three seconds that accidents happen and so that's why I get so mad when people are like, oh, I'm a good driver. I can, you know, drive and text me, yes. But your life can change so quickly and it's not you. You may be an excellent driver and I don't judge you for that and I don't doubt that you are, but somebody else may not be paying attention and they hit you and you can't respond. Trust me, it hurts and you don't wanna be there. Um, again, you, we, we see the experiences, and this is my own experience. When I was in, in my last uh, rehab center, I, I'm going to say that I had the opportunity to know another resident that was in the same rehab with me. She was 18 years old, beautiful, who lost her ability to talk, lost her ability to walk because a semi missed a stop sign and hit oh her. God at 18 at 18 and she was a permanent resident of this neuro rehab center because she she was she there for anything. life the, the, she, basically as, yeah for as long as her parents could afford it and well, that was again one of the other things insurance and all um, but she would sometimes would come back um, in and out because the insurance wouldn't cover certain days and she would come in and like no we got insurance to cover us again for this long Wow. but she needed 24/ 7 assistance and she was 18. and again not fall to her she was doing what she needed to and the semi didn't stop at a stop sign and change her life and so this is this you you said it at the beginning you live your life and you have to live your life as it is and say the things that you have to say and have no regrets because you, you never, never know. know you never know and so throughout throughout this process, I got tired sometimes of fighting. I and everybody just keep keep at it. You'll you'll get better. And there were days that I, I I don't want to keep fighting. It sometimes feels like life. I I'm fighting every single day to be successful at work, to have good grades. I'm always pushing. Why, why is life not that easy, right? The people again paint you this picture of like oh well you're an adult life is just better oh no no you're always fighting it just seems like you're always fighting against something Uh, this time it was the physical pain uh the time after that was emotional pain Uh, when you hear people with they have their broken hearts it it just brought me to my knees it just i couldn't breathe i couldn't talk i couldn't eat Um, I think I lost like 10 pounds in a week because I wasn't eating anything. Okay. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And, you know, when you share with people, you know, I'm, I'm going through this situation and they're like, oh, it's just a broken heart. You'll get better.
0: Nobody understands. Nobody understands. Because you don't think that they've been there to share with you that empathy, to share with you that feeling. And I know that when I've been open about how I feel and I tell you I'm Mm -hmm. having a bad day, I don't tell you so you can tell me it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I tell you so you can tell me, tell me about it. How is it a bad day? And share with me the pain that I'm feeling. And I've experienced that in my own self. And that's what I said coming to this podcast It's about connecting with people and sharing with people your pain, your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, because they matter. Find your voice and be able to tell someone, I'm not doing okay. And we're so prime in day-to-day life to say, if somebody asks you, Elisa, how are you doing today? Your first response is, I'm okay. But really, if you check in with yourself, if you go in depth, how are you? (laughs) I'm not okay. And I can, you know, it's so hard to tell someone. Oh, I've I've had this situation. This is why I'm not okay. The easiest thing is just lie, and mm-hmm. say, "Yeah, I'm okay," and move on. But yeah. you're still internalizing everything that is wrong with you, yeah. and you don't don't let go of that. So, thank and you for is, bringing that up. That is,
1: you know, when I was going through this, it was it was a difficult time, and I would have to go to work because I couldn't miss any more days, and you know, everything that we have to do. And and I'd say it's easy for one to say, I'm having a stomach ache. I have a headache. Excuse me if I'm not 100%. Today, I'm gonna tell you, I'm having a bad mental health day. And I'm sorry, I'm just having a, I'm struggling emotionally. I will get through this, but in my one-on-ones with my staff. And again, it's like, if I was telling you I have a headache, you get it. Oh, she has a headache. But if I say I'm not doing well emotionally, people just automatically stop and, oh, oh. It's, it's different, it's different. yes it's, it's a different approach right and for a for a broken back you have all the pain medications morphine to make you feel better help you forget uh when it's emotions that you're you're struggling with it it's it's more difficult and again i've, I've been reading since and it's sometimes taking an ibuprofen for a broken heart can help like, really oh, nobody told me that uh because somehow your brain processes the same pain as actual physical pain wow uh, yeah so i I, you know, I didn't do that at the time and it, it was a good i'm gonna say a couple months of of struggling yeah. and like i said i like i i was complaining about i went through this broken back and now this why does it always feel like i am fighting There was a time I I traveled and I went home. I went to see my dad in, in Mexico and all I did was lay on the couch and just kind of recharge next to my family and next to my dad. And it was then that I was like, you know what? I was able to recover on my own, of course, with help of others when I had my car accident. It's about finding strength within you because you can have all the people around you to pick you up, but if you're not strong enough to stand on your own two feet, then you can't move forward. I mean, I always knew I wanted a tattoo related to my car accident. I wanted to remember something. I wanted either highlight my scars that I have on my hands um, or something. And so I thought about it. I made an appointment with a tattoo artist. I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew I wanted something. The day of my appointment, I was writing down what
0: I wanted and I said, find your strength. I'm like,
1: that's it. That's what I want. Um, and so that's what I have on my arm right here.
0: Your first tattoo ever.
1: Yeah, well, I got two on the same day.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, you have two yes. tattoos. Yes,
1: um, but I got this here. Uh, one, because this is where I have most of my scars. Um, and two, this is this is my fighting hand, right? This is This is my powerful arm. And so I have find your strength. And that is what I say to anybody in any situation when they're, oh, I do this. It's okay. Uh, We've seen 2020 has been hard on a lot of people, a lot of people switching jobs because they choose to, or because they have no other choice. And I always say, it's okay. Find your strength because you know, you have it instead of saying, stay strong, because sometimes it's hard to just stay strong. Sometimes you have to dig deep within your heart to find that strength. Sometimes you don't realize how strong you are until you're put in that situation. So again, it's not about staying strong because sometimes I don't want to stay strong. Sometimes I'm just...
0: I want to be weak. I want to be taken care of. I want to... Have someone be like, yes. "Help me, I can't walk." Have you seen that, uh, that movie? <laughs> yes, it's that yes. Inside Out, and she's <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> "I can't walk," and she gets carried yes. through with um, yes. what's her name, Joy? Joy carries <laughs> mm-hmm. sadness because sadness is like, "I'm too sad to walk." Yeah, <laughs> and Joy yep. carries her through, and that movie is so powerful just in that because we're talking just about that feelings and emotions and everything yep. inside your head, and yep. that it happens like that sometimes. So yes, it's it's about finding to me is
1: about finding your strength. And the easiest way for at the time, this was 2019, for me to find strength was the physical strength because that was the easiest thing to see. So I decided to join a gym that I I knew of. Um, It's a powerlifting, strongman, bodybuilding gym. So it's not your typical uh, Planet Fitness. So I was surrounded by very, very strong women. A lot of the people that go when I go are women and they are you know, lifting the heavyweights. And here I lost the I walked in into my gym with my coach and I said, well, I have a broken this and I've broken that and this hurts and that hurts. Basically, it was my warning of
0: don't break me. Oh, wow. Because so I'm
1: already broken.
0: <laughs> let's talk about your first step into going into the gym. You you talked about it earlier when you said you always saw people doing marathons, you saw people doing CrossFit and you admire those people, right? Because when you see somebody do something that you know you can't do, you look up to those people and they're like, damn, I wish I can do that. Or I want to do that one day, but because you've been told no, you can't, in your head, you're like, I want to. And it pushes you to even want it more, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you I mentioned that because in your story coming into the gym. I know that's something you wanted to prove to yourself. You could do it and maybe test yourself. When someone tells (laughs) you, you can't carry more than a gallon of milk. I was like, okay, well, let me try and see if I can. Maybe I can do one. Maybe I can do two. And now just watch watch me do it. And again, when people tell you, no, they're so, it's a very strong, no, no, you can't walk again. No, you can't carry more than a gallon of milk. One gallon of milk, Elisa. that's what, not even, uh, can I compare that to a pound? Yeah, I think it's about like a pound. Yeah. So when you they tell you you can't carry a pound for the rest of your life at 27, I would laugh, be like, are you serious? Like my life is completely, that's it. I can't do anything physically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But here you are, fast forward. How old were <laughs> you when you started your fitness journey? Well,
1: we, you talked about social media and inspiring others. I was new to Instagram, and at that point, and it was, what, at this point, it was 2014, 2015. I was back in El Paso, and my friends were posting uh, their boot camp classes, and they were, it was the time where, we like, checking in on Facebook was the thing, (laughs) and, like, checked in at boot camp, blah, 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 checked every single day. They would go and check in and do things. I wish I could do that, so. I tried running and my knee hurt so bad that I ended up going to an orthopedic doctor and saying, why does my knee hurt? Uh, he did some x-rays and like, did you fall? I'm like, no. Your meniscus Not recently. Is, yeah, it's like your meniscus is broken. <gasps> oh, I was like, so I had this car accident back in 2012. Like, Yeah, that was it. Your knee hit the glove compartment oh. and injured your meniscus, so... Basically, I have no cushion between my knees, so I can't run because there is no cushion between my knees. I was using a knee brace and he's like, you're, the knee brace is to protect your knee going side to side. And that's not the problem. The problem is that the cushion between your knees is damaged. So, but you can try and see, you know, how much you can tolerate. But if you really want to fix this, you'll have to get surgery and like, I don't need to run. I'm okay. So I didn't run. <laughs> Uh, you don't need to run unless you're running <laughs> for your life, Elisa. Yes, yes, and, and then we'll see. <laughs> like help, uh, but yes, yeah, so I knew I couldn't run. And my friend kept posting and posting and posting about her boot camp. And again, we saw her the change in her in her physique, and she started getting the little bunny in Bump. her arms. Yes. Yeah, felt so like oh yeah. Uh, so I joined the boot camp and I went for six months. I was waking up at 5.15 in the morning and going. And it was it was more cardio than anything. Anything that had to do with jumping, I said, I can't do this. And the trainer was very uh, patient. And it was, again, it was more cardio than anything, light weights and not, oh, I could do this. And I saw myself getting stronger. I'm uh, not getting as tired as I was before. And I'm like, okay, I could do this and then I stopped <laughs> typical like I don't want to wake up early um, it's not worth it <laughs> let me and sleep. no no like, I just don't want to do this and so it's gym life was not for you at that time it, it wasn't um but yeah and so I stopped doing any type of exercise and then I went to my gym um 2019 well I so tried before. five but, years
0: later almost mm-hmm. you tried again
1: I was going to the gym on my own and pretending to do weights. And it just, 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 it just wasn't, it wasn't happening on my own. Um, I had no knowledge of any program to do weights. I would just grab a dumbbell and be like, I got this. No, I don't got this. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, so that's when I went to my gym and I, again, I, I have an, an Instagram, no, a Snapchat post of my gym and I said I'm here to be strong not to be skinny because when you think about going to the gym you think about the losing weight and flat everything and I was like no 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 and again I'm you know four foot ten at the time I was like what a hundred pounds you and were I tiny you're thin I, I I'm tiny in in nature and people confuse me with a you know now there's anything wrong with it, but with a 20 year old, and I'm like, oh, I am a now 35 year old woman. Like, <laughs> no, um, so I, I wanted to compensate in my tininess and be be strong, no. be be big, have big muscles, and that was that's been my goal. I want to be strong, not necessarily skinny. You know, some of it being looking fit comes with it, depending on you know what what your goal is. But my goal wasn't to be skinny my goal was to be strong that's important because now
0: (laughs) to anyone listening wanting to start their weight loss journey we've talked about it in another episode i had another the previous episode before this one i have a friend talking about her weight loss journey and she highlighted that when she started going to the gym she never even noticed she was losing weight because she was on you know leggings she was on you know fitness clothes she only noticed she lost weight like months after her weight loss journey or yeah. her training and going to the gym when she put on jeans for the first time and she realized these are too big for me. Yes. And at that time, her excitement that's when she got excited about, oh my God, my body's changing. And she realized, like, looking back at pictures, because even though she was working out, she didn't realize her body becoming thinner. Her, she didn't. And I'm like, how do you not realize you not look at yourself in the mirror? Like, But she says she doesn't. She was just working on herself, her emotional self, her strengthening. And because of that, eventually she looks back now and she's so much thinner. She looks good. She looks fit. But that's important to know, because right now everyone's talking about summer is around the corner. Everyone start looking fit. Start. It's all about how you look. Start getting skinny. Start dieting. Start going to the gym so that you can look good in the summer. You're going to the gym to be strong nobody goes I don't know that I've met someone who has said the same thing I'm going to go get strong and that is not something you see on
1: social media for women you go and the goal is to be skinny beautiful you associate
0: that to being beautiful
1: and not and i You see it, and I see it a lot, especially so older, like the profiles that I follow and all the people that I follow. Like, I don't want to do as a woman, I don't want to do weights because I don't want to look bulky. To me, I'm like the bulkier, the better. Like, I just want all the muscle and I want to look like I can punch you. That's (laughs) my goal. I want you to feel me. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, But one of the things that I knew coming in. And I was very aware of it and conscious of it was that it wasn't gonna happen overnight. That it was going to be a work in progress. I said three years. Give me three years at the gym and I'll be I'll be making some progress. And so for whoever is, is listening, be proud of be proud of your progress because I was self-conscious of posting my first uh, videos. On Instagram of doing curls with five pound dumbbells but I was proud of what I was doing. I'm like, I am here today and I am doing my five pound curls. It I I showed up. I showed up for what I had to do. And I look at the video now and I'm like, I look so tiny. <laughs> but I was I was proud of myself at the moment. For starting. <laughs> yes. you we're and starting. yeah, We're starting something new and you were I was proud- there. Yes. And I then moved into the 10 pounds and the 15 pounds. I have in my head the day that I attempted to do curls with a 20 pound dumbbell. And I posted the video because I did like one and I was struggling and my arm wouldn't go up. I'm like, one. And then I tried to do the other arm and again, it's not going up.
0: Okay. And we're done. So I put them down. I couldn't do it. Did you ever break down over that? Uh, No. So I was like, okay. I have it
1: recorded that on this date. And I always take videos. I always take videos at the gym because I want to look back at what I couldn't do then and what I can do now. Wow. So I think it was six months later that my coach had me try the 20-pound dumbbells again. And I feared them. I remember, like, I was like, oh, geez. Okay. Well, we'll see. And I set up my phone. I put it, I put it on the floor. Now I have a, a little tripod, um, but I set my phone <laughs> on the floor. I grabbed the 20 pound dumbbells. I'm not the cook. Well, we'll see. And one goes up and the other one goes up. And, the, and I'm like, Oh, you could see it on my face. I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then I look at my coach and my coach, he's like, I know. He has no emotion. Like he does not get excited. He's just very like, I know like, I know you could do it if I knew you
0: couldn't. I wouldn't have asked you to. Yeah. Like,
1: okay. And that is the beauty of having a trainer. Because if I go into the gym, in my head, I don't think I can do it. I'm like, oh, no, twenty, no, 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 no. And I kid you not, every time I do a PR, a personal record, or I I'm able to do something that I couldn't do yesterday. I do it doubting my coach because he's the one that tells me what to do. And I'm like, I don't know, my God. Okay, we'll try. <gasps> I did it. And he's like, I don't. I'm like, Okay. And so then I'm all, all happy and, you know, finishing whatever else I have to do. But if I had to do it for myself, I don't think I could because there's always the doubt of like, oh no, that's too heavy. Oh, I don't want to hurt myself. Oh, what if I, nope. And it's the fear of not being able to do it that pushes you to go to a lower weight, then, okay, I failed today. I'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and so it's, and share it, share it. I'm, I'm so happy with uh, the people that see my post that I'm at the gym all the time and they're like, you inspired me to go do something today. I'm like, yay. And then I have one friend, my friend that went to the boot camp uh, that, she suffered a horrible bike accident, Then she broke her uh, her elbow and had to have surgery. It's just like, oh, you're inspiring me so much to keep going. I'm like, Mero, mm-hmm. You have no idea that you were the one that inspired me to go to the boot camp because you will be checking in every single day on Facebook <laughs> that you were there. Yeah. So it's a like giving back. You know, you we inspire each other
0: in ways that we don't know. People when you even post on Facebook, yes. post on social media, again, I mentioned this at the beginning and I hope I recorded it because we're talking about it right now, <laughs> but you don't know who's watching. You don't know who's paying attention and with you posting on social media and opening up about yourself, you don't know who else is looking from the outside in and seeing what you're accomplishing and what you're doing and wanting to be you. That's why we're here in this podcast yes. and talking about our life experiences so that whoever is listening and identifies themselves in that situation, maybe not the same circumstance, but in that feeling of being a woman, being wanting to be strong, wanting to mm-hmm. not let an event or something define who you are. No. Breaking that silence of coming up and it's so powerful. And we hope that whoever's listening can run with that power. And everything has a different
1: meaning to everybody, right? And so that's why I say, and that's why I posted it as a question. So why does this meet mean so much to me? It means the world because it, it was an experience that I never thought that I could do. And let me tell you that the universe brings you what you need. Yeah, So I was not planning on competing this soon. And I want to tell this story because I I just think that when you put something out in the universe, it comes to you, right? So I've been training with my coach for a year and a half. It's going to be two years in, in July. And I've seen my progress and from, you know, squatting, with dumbbells, squatting with the barbell, I've I've seen small progress. And again, I'm in in a gym surrounded by powerlifters, bodybuilders, strong men. And I've never done any sport in my life, not in high school, not in college, like nothing. I I've, I've only competed in things that are school related, academic. <laughs> yes. if it's not a test, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and so I saw the progress in in my in at uh, the gym. And that we have Zoom lunch meetings every Fridays with my team at work. And that day there was two of us, uh, my supervisor and another one of my coworkers. And it was the first time that I said it aloud and I said it to them. And I said, you know what? One day I want to do a powerlifting meet. Maybe next year, but I'm just going to put it out there that maybe one day I'll do a
0: powerlifting meet. And for those listening, can you describe to us what a powerlifting is or a powerlifting yeah. meet is? <laughs> a
1: powerlifting, uh, you compete in three
0: categories,
1: uh, squat, bench, and deadlift. Uh, so it's, it's just you in your category, what you do. Uh, it's uh, different than weightlifting, uh, com- uh, Olympic weightlifting. This is uh, just the, the, three, the three categories. So you, it's your squat, your bench, and your deadlift. I love deadlifts. That's, that's my favorite thing. I stuck at squats and my bench. Anyway. uh, But yeah, so I just, I just said it to those two coworkers on a Friday um, during our lunch. And I said, you know, eventually, maybe I'll continue training this year and maybe next year I'll tell or ask my coach if I'm ready because the people that go to my gym have been going to, or have been training for five years, you know, six years, they've been there for a while. So I know that it takes time to prepare. I know that this is not something that I can do overnight and I needed to keep working on it.
2: Yeah.
1: I didn't say anything to anybody else. Weekend comes 6am. I go to my gym in the morning and I'm, I walk into my coach and he's like, so there's a meet March 9th, he said the night, but it was actually six, he's like, March 9th, do you want to do it? you I, I don't I don't even think I said yes. I just
0: shook my head.
1: I was so excited because I had said it on Friday
0: and he didn't said know it, he, he didn't, didn't know say it to him. You said it to your coworkers. I just said it to my
1: two coworkers that Friday of maybe one day eventually I want to do a powering gift to me and then I walk into the gym on Monday and my coach does not want to ask me if I wanted to do it. So this is what they, you put things out in the universe and they come to you when you're ready for them. And so I I texted my friends, like, I, I feel in my happiness was the, what Abu had been proposed to in marriage. Like, I was, I was blooming. I was oh my like, goodness. I was in the sky. I was floating. I was so happy because my coach asked me. And if he asked me, that means that he sees something in me that I am ready, that I did not see in myself. Again, I said, maybe next year. Yeah. And my coach is like, you wanna do it? And I'm like, rolled up my sleeves. And I'm like, "I let's do this. And it was the most grilling, um, I think about eight weeks of training that I had of learning things that I had never trained for. I was tired, I was hungry. Again, I've never been an athlete, so I don't know what it means to prepare to be physically ready
0: on a particular day. For an event. Uh, like boxers, event. like yes. everyone who's an athlete prepares for that moment and they're training, you know, from six in the morning, the discipline it takes to train to yeah. be ready for an event. That's so exciting. And I know that is hard because you can, you want to give up. Sometimes you're like, you know what? That meet is not worth it. Did you yeah. ever think that? Uh
1: no. I was just like, what? It was a lot of self doubt. Like, what if I can't do it? What if I'm not ready? Um, but again, it's people believing in you, right? It's people. like you. Yeah. If my coach thought I was ready, then I must be okay ish. Um, and again, you're going to have a lot of support around you, you and people that encourage you and keep you going. But then there's going to be the people that are not so supportive, the people that are going to tell you, eh, in my case, is my dad. Really? My dad, and I'm a dad's girl, and I've always been you know, very close to my dad, and he's he paid for my college. He's paid for everything. Like he has been there with me, and he is the one that taught me to be a strong, independent woman that does not ask for help. <laughs> um, especially me being an only child, I was always on my own. Yeah, He has been... <laughs> Not really happy with me doing weights.
0: Really? Because you're a woman?
1: I don't know. I don't know. And so when I was starting to do well at the beginning of the year in 2021, I sent him a a WhatsApp and I was like, dad, thank you. Thank you for always letting me try new things because I tried gymnastics. I tried swimming. I I tried sports. I just never good at it. No, and I didn't like any of it. Uh, so I said, thank you for, for letting me try swimming and gymnastics, and I never really found what I liked until I started with just training weights, not necessarily powerlifting, but just training weights. And I found what I like. His response was, well, just don't overdo it. Like, I'm not. He said, well, I think you are. Okay. I laughed it at that. I. If I, in my opinion, I felt that I was overdoing it and I was hurting my body, I would not be doing this because I've been there. I've been where it's painful and I've been in a place where I can do things on my own. And I don't want to put myself back in that situation. So I am doing what I think is right for my body. So <laughs> when when my coach asked me to do to start training, I told everybody in the world but my dad. Oh, no, I I did not tell my dad because I, I made the decision to not have that negative energy in my life. I I wanted to have a positive experience in my training. And again, everybody around me is like, yes, we're so excited for you. And can we go, you know, is it open to people? Can we watch blah, blah, blah. Everybody was very supportive that I did not want the most important person in my life to bring me down at that moment. So I did my training, I went to the, the meet, I got my medal, and then I sent it to my dad. His response, okay. That was it. Yeah. And that is why I didn't tell him. And at that point, I didn't care what he thought because I have proven to myself that I did something. And I, all I wanted was to show up. I, the meet, I was, <laughs> I was first place of one. So technically <laughs>
0: <laughs> you did it against yourself. Yes,
1: but I did everything right that at least I met all my, you know, I did all my lifts and I didn't get the you know, quality disqualified for anything, but even I proved to myself that I was able to show up and beat my nerves because I kind of pooped myself almost. I was so nervous. that I was like, excuse me, I gotta run. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I, was, I was so nervous. Uh but I, yeah, I, there there's you're gonna have people that sometimes mean the most to you that are not gonna be supportive in every decision and every journey that you that you take. But I know in my heart of hearts that this is right for me and this is what I want to do and this is what makes me happy. And I'm sorry, Dad, if this is not what you think it's best for me, but I am an adult and there will be times where the people that you love the most, you're not going to agree on everything, but I needed to be happy. And I, I shared it with my friends. I am happy. As happy as I have not been in a very long time. Let me be, let me, let me (laughs) have this happiness. I deserve it. Yes. And my friend's like, I, you know, I haven't seen you smile so genuinely in so long. Because I'm happy. I did something that I didn't think I could do. I did something that I never dreamed of doing because before the accident, I wasn't into sports. My dad, you know, he's like, go for a walk. No. Uh, After the accident, I thought I could never do it. Uh, And again, I was not familiar with the sport. At all uh, so it was it was proof and again things are going to be and mean different things to different people To this is what it means to me for some people apart winning a, or getting a medal in a powerlifting meet may mean that their years of training are finally worth it uh, many many different things but to me it's a combination of every life experience into I can do this from you're a woman, you shouldn't be doing weights to you're too short sure to be doing this. To You're you too broken. Rolling, yes, you, were, you rolled off a cliff and you have so many injuries uh, to feeling like life cannot go on without a person in your life.
0: Wow. No, that's, that's powerful, Lisa. And you <laughs> talked about one thing about being unappreciative when you have it all. Before your accident and you could walk, you didn't appreciate the fact that you can be on your two feet, stand up and take a walk. You didn't appreciate going to the restroom by yourself. You didn't, because you think that's ordinary life. You think that you're always gonna be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's not until you can't that you're like so appreciative of everything you had before. But being real and being right, like you don't have to have a car accident show you what life is like like you don't have you don't need a car accident to make you be appreciative of living life don't don't wait don't don't wait for
1: something to happen so that you and and we feel it the day you get a cold or the flu is the day that you want to clean the house you want to go do this it's the day that you want to do all the things that your body is just like too tired to do why I don't know, but like when you were sick, and you was like, Oh, and I need to do this. Oh, and I need to do that. I'm like, Rest, rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, don't, don't wait for something to happen. Um, if you have a, a bug of wanting to do
0: XYZ, a hobby, do it. a new yes. interest, it doesn't have to be gym related, it doesn't have to be me coming into the podcast was something that yes. I've always dreamt of doing. And I always look at influencers on social media and I look, everyone now is a YouTuber. Everyone now is on social media. TikTok, you know, is so powerful that it's making trends. It's it's driving a business of like beauty and cosmetology. It's driving life. And people are coming into this platform to share about themselves. And I always admire them. And it's a scary part to come into a place to be vulnerable and to let people know who you are and everything about you. When I see a YouTuber or someone on social media, they tell you what they ate. Walk a day in my life. There's no
1: privacy. You know everything about everybody. Yes.
0: Yes. And coming into this platform, that was a big fear of mine in sharing me. Because behind closed doors, it's easy to just pretend everything's going to be okay and not tell everyone how you really feel and how you are really doing. And coming into the platform is super scary. Like you said, don't ever let somebody else or your own expectations of what people think of you stop you from doing and overcoming your fears, it's easier said than done. You and I can definitely talk about that because everyone tells you, oh, just do it, just do it. But starting and getting up to do it, it's so hard. And I'm just now comfortable with the microphone. I'm just now comfortable with the people I'm connecting to have these conversations because it's important to be open and to be honest about what's really happening to us. Mm -hmm. And to me, the gym is the analogy for life. Right, you walk in into a new space and everything
1: is new. You don't intimidating, know to, yes, it's intimidating. Know how to use that? You see the five pound and the 50 pound, and you're like, Well, I want to get there, and you want to grab the 50 pound, but you can't. Again, it's an analogy, right? You have to start little by little, you can't do jump from zero to 100 uh, right away. There will be times in life where. You try the 20-pound dumbbell, you can't do it. Just because you couldn't do it that day doesn't mean that you can't do it the next day. You will try again. And my coach is really good at telling us, all of us, in powerlifting, you have good days and you have bad days. And sometimes there is not a rationale as to why you had a bad day. Some days you walk in and you do a 225 deadlift, like, easy, the next that you walk in and you try to do it and you can't. It doesn't mean that you're not strong enough. It's just, it's just life. Um, and so whatever, I with your podcast, say my microphone and editing, yes. And one day you're going to be really happy with the result. Other days you're going to say, Ugh, I could have done this better. But you learn. And my coach always asks me, what happened? Well, no, 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 no. Tell me what happened. And he makes me think, well, I didn't do this. And I got into my head and I overthought
0: this and it's accountability. He makes you be accountable for your own actions. And a lot of our own doubts bring us down Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. ourselves, bring us down from doing great things. Elisa looking now in 2021, mind you, we're still in quarantine. I know that working out during quarantine would have been hard to stay motivated because everything got shut down in the last episode I talked to alejandra and she talked to me about how she had a transition from being in the gym to working out from home and she was the person lifting gallons of milk at home <laughs> because she couldn't lift and anyone at the gym, out there yes. yeah anyone listening out there please go listen to alejandra's story it's the episode yeah. before this one where she's talking about her weight loss journey and you know strengthening her body and again she went through a through a uh, I'm gonna say that again. She went through a transition of going from the gym in a space where you have the support, you have other people pushing you to being at home and having to have that self-motivation to get up and work out. How was that transition for you?
1: Hard. Uh, Non-existent. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we lost the gym so March, about this time last year, the gyms shut down. And I have it on my Instagram, like the first day I was doing. And on Monday, we do kickbacks. And I found a way to do kickbacks and do things. And within three days, was like, oh, this is not the same. And I stopped. I stopped doing workouts. I went. At home? Every, yeah. Uh, once the, the gym shot from March to May, between March, like, I think. The first three days, that went and got a kettlebell. I went, Medicine ball and all the things to do workouts at home. And again, I did it for like three days and, and no Even though at the gym, because I go so early, it's just my trainer and I.
0: Oh wow, it's if very exclusive.
1: It, yeah, because nobody else wants to wake up early.
0: He's there, but
1: nobody wants to show up. Uh, if anything, there's maybe two more people, but in general, it's just me. And me. So it's not like I have all of these people around me to motivate me. It's just, it wasn't the same. So yeah, I, I really didn't work out for those um three months. Wow, that's yeah. a long time. Yeah. yeah. And finally came back in May and started from zero. Oh, and throughout my so I started in July of twenty nineteen. <laughs> December twenty nineteen, I broke my toe. How? I, I said kick in somebody, but really was just getting out of my car and stepping on a stone and my like my foot rolled and it was like my pinky toe oh uh, <laughs> i was so determined and i said I, you when you're motivated and dedicated to something i was going to the gym with my broken toe uh, <laughs> sitting doing things and i the like, coach i it's like what you doing oh my god you should have seen the other guy <laughs> <laughs> That was really a rock. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, He's like, you're the first person I meet that breaks a toe getting out of their car.
0: There's always a first. It happens, (laughs) yes. Uh,
1: But I was still going. And he helped me stay on track, even with a broken toe. But of course, my deadlifts stopped, my squats. And as a, you know, my recovery lasted a month. It wasn't that bad. But it was a month that I couldn't do a lot, that I was I got to a high and then I had to stop and then go down on, on my weight. And I would go in and he's like, how are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm okay. He's like, don't lie to me. <laughs> I'm okay. If it hurts, I'll tell you. So then that was the stop. And then back in January and then we stopped in March and no gyms until May. And then he sends me a text message. I think it was like May 19, May 18th. He's like, we're back. I'll be there. So then when we, of course, wearing our mask, he's wearing his mask and it's just me and my trainer. Uh, It's a little by little. So again, it's not a go, go up and up and up and up and up. up. You You go up and you go down and you go up and you go down. It's not constant growth all the time. Um, And this is what can I have to be okay with that. that's, That's life. You know, sometimes things work out very well and then something happens. And I break a toe, and then I look at my arm, and I'm like, okay, I got this. And I, I remember going to Sprouts, because I needed I needed food. And I'm there with uh, my crutches. Okay, how am I going to walk around the store and push a cart at the same time? You, you know, have to had to get crutches like... with your broken toe? Yeah, I couldn't put any weight on it for two weeks. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, Elisa, yeah, how'd you break your toe? But anyway... <laughs> So I go, and again, I'm a strong independent woman, right? So I can, it was, yeah, I broke my right toe. So I, I was able to drive okay-ish. I wasn't going too far. So I go <laughs> with my crutches and I'm at the entrance of the store. Okay. How am I going to do this? I made it to the store. Now I needed to figure out how to push a cart and, you know, go with my crutches. I had to ask for help. So I go to one of the guys. I'm like, hey, can you help there. me? Yeah. The guy that works there. Not a random stranger, everyone. Not a random stranger. A guy that works there. I'm like, hey, do you mind helping me push the cart? I'll We'll just go and grab a couple things. And I didn't need a lot. He said, do you just want to tell me what you want? And you wait here and I'll
0: go get it? And I'm like, no, no, no. Because I need to pick my own fruit. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think about getting on those little carts? Don't they have I didn't carts? have any. Oh. It's like little,
1: like, that would have been, yeah, but they, they didn't have any. Uh, and it was one of those things of, it's okay to ask for help. And I I'm made a stranger, it even. And sometimes asking help for, like, with to strangers is easier than asking for help with somebody that you know. But in my head, like, I may not see you again. I ended up seeing the guy because they work there. I'm like, hi, ah, so-and-so. It's uh, me there. You yes. I can walk now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, at school I was I was going to school um, on Saturdays, and so I show up to the building with my crutches, and my backpack, and the two of my classmates. Said, "Lisa, can we carry you?" I'm like, "I got this." I got there super early, and like, hey "Lisa, can we help you in any way?" And I'm like, "No." "Well, can you carry my backpack?" <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Okay, yeah. So they, you know, they they walked with me, and like one step another step <laughs> um, took me like 15 minutes to get to my classroom but um, I managed and again it's one of those things that you think you're at a high and then something happens and you just have to you know I look down on my arm and I'm like okay if this is what we have to do I'll find my strength and I'll push through my arms hurt my everything hurts my foot hurt and then it was December so my mom came from Mexico City to visit me and spend the holidays with me and my mom I really can't go many places then my foot hurts and then it's cold and so then my foot hurts even more and she's like it's okay I just want to be here with you I'm like okay good we would just go out to eat and do small things but again it's it's one of those things that it's a never-ending journey of finding strength to keep going Please. and then that those small small uh bursts of energy that of happiness that you get just use them and keep pushing which is i'm still on a high for my power lifting meat that was last week yeah uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm still using it um, nice. i'm still happy i still have my medal and i still keep telling everybody that i did it uh, because let me just tell you this real quick i struggled i started with squatting 135 pounds i'm 114 pounds right so i squatted 135 pounds which that's is standard. your weight like almost yeah which is the normal that's what people can do one plate yeah whatever during training my coach So you have three attempts to do your squat every attempt you go up in weight if you don't meet one of those then you're done And right? so the goal is to at least do the first one because if you don't do the first one then you're done
0: the coach oh. said,
1: uh, you'll start with 150 pounds. Then you go up to 185, which I had done during training. Wow. And usually your third attempt is a at PR, right? So a personal record. You, Your third attempt should be something that you've never done before. To you've never even trained. Att- or correct. Attempt Attempted. Attempt yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you say your first attempt is going to be 150 your second attempt is going to be 185, which I had done. In Heathrow, and then I'll go from there. I'll pick your numbers. Wow. Okay. So then I go to the meet. I'm training uh, 135, was doing okay. I did I, I did my first uh, squat at 150. Great. I did excellent. And so then he's like, how much did I tell you was your second attempt? I'm like, 195. He's like, okay, I got it. He puts down the numbers. I don't see what he wrote. I go do my second attempt. I failed. So The way you fail is that you you have to either complete the squat or you have to go. You don't go down enough on your squat. You don't go low enough on your squat. And I didn't go low enough on my squat. So it didn't count. And the guy, the refs, is like, you missed it by just a tiny little bit. So you can try the same weight again. You don't have to go up.
0: As the third attempt. But as that my was third it. attempt. Putting up the, to
1: the higher weight. Correct. Correct. And so then I go and I do it. And in my head, I'm thinking I'm doing 180 something pounds because that has been my second attempt. And I'm like, okay. So then I do it. I thought I didn't do it, but I guess I went back and I checked and I, I did it. The, the weights in a powerlifting meet are in kilos. So I don't know conversion rates, right? I don't know. So then know. I, I look at the thing and I'm like, okay, That should be like around 180-something. A few days later, like Wednesday, Thursday, I'm looking and reviewing my numbers. My coach had me do 193 pounds as my second attempt. I was like, I did 193 because it counted the third time. Oh, yeah, the second time I attended 93. I'm like, oh, oh, I did a PR and I didn't even know it. I thought I was the whole time. I thought I was doing just 185, and I'm like, well, at least I did something that I had done before. I hadn't. I did a PR, and I didn't even know it. Again, it's one of those things of having somebody push you, push you to something, to do something that you don't think that you could do. This whole time, I'm like, oh, I've done this before. And yeah, it felt heavy, but I don't know. You just show up and squat and bye. But yeah, I, my my coach tricked me. He raised, and I don't know, I haven't asked him if he raised my second attempt, knowing that I may fail and I could try again. Um, to test he, you. Yeah, or if he just knew I could do it. I don't know, but yeah, that was interesting. I, in my head, I thought I was doing something easy that I had done before. and You're picking up personal
0: record. Yes. So
1: I, I ended up doing a squat of 193 pounds, uh, which to me, again, going from A gallon of milk to
0: not even a gallon of milk. You said you were
1: told you could not (laughs) not even a a gallon of milk. Do that. I was like, take that. Whoever told
0: me that because now I don't remember. But (laughs) (laughs) doctor so and so in science, here I am proving to you that I'm strong enough. And you you said that on your social media. You call yourself a beast. That's yes. how you define yourself. Now <laughs> you don't define yourself as the girl who had a car accident. You don't define yourself as, you know, Elisa who had a breakup. You don't define yourself as that. That's not your story anymore. Your story yeah. from here on moving forward is you I'm are now say it again. I'm a beast and you can't take me down. Even if you try perfect that's awesome and I know you talked about your tattoo and you showed your tattoo again also on your social media you have it on your hand you were talking about it but I see you on the camera our audience doesn't see you it's right on your what do you call this part of your hand like the
1: inside of my arm I don't know
0: um so technically like if I'm I'm standing
1: in front of you you don't see it um because it's like it's like on the inside of my wrist and I, I did that on purpose I wanted to be for me and if you get to see it fine and if not then it, it's for me it's for something that I if I look down um, on my hand and I like right on my wrist I have um, scars here that looks like a little like cut I mean it's, it's from the from the glass um, and then I have another scar on the top of my hand and I have another scar on my left arm. And those are the visuals, right, oh, visual reminders. But I wanted to be able to look down and just when like you're stressed and you're like you have your your hand on your head and you I can I can I can see it. And that that's why I did it. So it's, it's a constant reminder and has a
0: heart. It always it almost <laughs> reminds me like when you're trying to cheat on a test and you write yes, something on yes. your head. Yeah, So can, like you can it, see it. You don't want your teacher to catch you seeing yes. that because you're cheating and you're writing all the stuff on your hand so you can see it and you can use yes. that in yes. the test.
1: Yes, yes. So this is and again, you have people that tell why you're going to get a tattoo that nobody else can see because I am doing this for me. I'm not doing this for you. I wanted a tattoo for me. I have another one on my leg. But that's the one I want to show. And again, I always wear pants, and I rarely wear shorts or skirts. But again, I, I wanted something pretty for me. Um, and, but this one, this one was the the meaningful one. <laughs> it's another one
0: that my dad doesn't know. Oh no!
1: I don't, <laughs> I don't think well, he'll you'll say find me. out on this episode if he
0: listens to it. Oh, we just yes. told Daddy. <laughs> uh, my mom
1: knows, and he lo- and she loves them. But again, I it's something that I wanted to do for me, no matter what anybody else would say uh, it again I thought of it the day of like the day that I had my appointment for for my tattoo I I wanted something that meant that reminded me of my accident but that wasn't really blunt like I thought of, well maybe I'll write the date or maybe I'll write the time or maybe I'll write the coordinates of where I crashed nah no I wanted something that kept pushing me and so that's why I said find your strength whatever you're doing and again If I ever post on your post or something major happened in your life, I will always say find your strength. Whatever is happening, find your strength. I I hated
0: it when people told me, oh, just stay strong. You got this. I'm not. Tell me how. (laughs) Tell me how to be strong. You're telling me to do something I don't know how to do. Yes. I don't know how to be strong. I yes. can only feel sorry for myself. And I'm telling you that from personal experience, I can only tell you how I feel, but you need to tell me if you want me to be strong, tell me how to be strong. Give me a how to guide. Bingo. Yes. yes. I don't know how. And I want to, I tell people when I'm having a hard time, I don't choose to have a hard time. I don't choose mm-hmm. to today. I'm going to have a bad day today. I I don't want to get out of bed. I can't choose that. It just happens when life brings you down, you don't choose to be, you know, in that situation. But you also can't choose to get out of it. It's not a choice. You just have to push through and in your message is finding your strength, finding something that motivates you to overcome that challenge to overcome that fear to overcome that experience, and only make you better on the other side. But you have to find finding.
1: Yes, and finding your strength is gradual. Right? It's not something you overnight. You go, yeah, that happens from zero to 10. When people tell you, oh, stay strong in my head, it's like I'm, I'm a rock that can't move, can't be destroyed. And I have to just like oh, basically kind of picture myself like holding my breath and just like, oh, I got this. But finding your strength is, is gradual. Today I found the strength to get out of bed. Tomorrow I'll find the strength to go outside and enjoy X Y C, And the day after I'll find the strength to maybe just go to the living room. So it's gradual. One day at a time, you find the strength to to move to this place and then you find the strength to go back to another place. It's gradual and, and, and it's okay. It's okay if to, just today I found the strength to
0: be here with me today. Yes, you found yes. the strength to come on a podcast. <laughs> Did you ever think you would be on a podcast? No. And uh,
1: when you ask me, well, I don't know what I'll share, but sure.
0: But um. Everyone thinks that. Everyone <laughs> thinks that when I go out to them and I'm like, hey, can you share your story? And they're like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't have any in, anything interesting that I think. Yeah, my life isn't that interesting. <laughs> but it is, and someone out there listening with me is going to agree with you and sharing your story, not only women can feel empowered, men can feel empowered. And what I want out of this podcast and out of this episode is, if it's okay for you to share your pictures, I have my Instagram page with the podcast, the prickly things podcast on Instagram, and continue this conversation outside of this episode. And, you know, have people show your pictures or have you show your pictures on social media on the account and have people come and share your enthusiasm for weightlifting everyone who does weightlifting who has been there and continue to motivate you continue to motivate each other we can totally continue this conversation outside of just this platform yes and and
1: social media is so powerful and we know that we've seen the dark side of social media and the impact it can have but i've also and especially through this process have seen the impact of social media in a positive light So I had so many questions about powerlifting. I don't even know how it works and there's rules and they tell you when to squat and they tell you when to rack and they tell you when to stop and they, I don't know. So I reached out to a complete stranger on a social media influencer on on Instagram. That's a powerlifter. And I said, Hey, I don't know if you will ever see this, but I missed up on my registration. What do I do?
2: Oh, wow. And she said,
1: girl, I got you. You can do this with this or this. Or let me reach out to a friend who is a referee in powerlifting. Let me see if she has a better answer for you. So then wow. I'm following this other girl who I've never met before, who's in Michigan. <laughs> it's like, yes, and keep me posted on your progress and let me know how your powerlifting meet goes. And Yes, absolutely. Stay connected. Uh, There is a lot of positive in social media. So, If you are going on a weight loss journey, I will be there to cheer you on if you're starting to uh, lift some weights or starting something new. Going on a walk
0: even. If it's just going on a walk, we want to walk with you. If you're going to take us on your walk and listen to an episode, we want to join you in that journey and support you. And, and share, if you want to
1: share, but you feel like it's, uh, it, yes, share, because it is, sometimes it motivates me to do cardio. I hate to do cardio. And by cardio, I mean, I just walk. Um, I hate it. I, it's like, it's so boring. But if you do it and you post all about it, I will get on my treadmill and walk for 15 minutes or 20 minutes uh, because, oh, if she did it, I can do it. So yes, stay connected, uh, share your stories of your, whatever journey you're, you're, launching uh, because it's we're here for each other whether uh, we are in the same state city
0: country or we're here for each other and we're all in this together this pandemic has made everyone equal has made everyone the same has made everyone vulnerable fearful of what's to come next. And we're all one in the same. And we just want to be together in everything we're doing. And like you said, just even reaching out to a random stranger somewhere else in the world and having them tell you, keep me updated. Let me know. We miss that in society and in the connections and having people support you being at home all day is super hard and sometimes just connecting on social media with the branding stranger can open up so many possibilities for a friendship for mm-hmm. different opportunities and i'm glad you mentioned that because that speaks to what we're here about you know this yeah. that speaks you're to the a, podcast you
1: sandra you're doing a great job at, at connecting the world and you have always been um, that butterfly that just talks to everybody and brings everybody together so i i'm not surprised <laughs> that you have chosen to do something like this. Thank um, you. And I'm I'm happy to support you in any way that I can. If you know, sharing my life experiences is one way to support you, I'm Thank more you. than happy to
0: do I that. I appreciate so. that. And you being here is so supportive because, like I said, just going to someone and telling them, hey, can you share your story? And there's a lot of hesitation from that other side. Like, uh, you mentioned it. I've never shared this story with anyone before. It's mm-hmm. so private. It's so... An inside part of me, I've never opened up to anyone. And the fact that, yes, you're opening up to me in camera and on the phone, but you you don't know that there's going to be another person on the other side that's going to hear this episode. And like I said, you're going to be inspiring someone and you don't even know about it, Elisa. That's how powerful social media is. That's how powerful being here today is. Someone's going to listen to your story about surviving a car accident, about surviving so many hurdles in life, because this was just an episode of your life. This was just even a brief, an hour and a half of your life, but we have 35 years (laughs) to uncover yet. And like I said, it's not an easy thing to do, but the fact that you chose to, and you said yes. And like I said, it didn't take me a lot of convincing, thankfully.
1: (laughs) Your message was long we really only have to say, Lisa. this time, this place, here's me. <laughs>
0: I'll be there. <laughs> Thank you. And that is because I know you. Like I said, I've known you for so many years. You've been an inspiration even in now that we are so far away from each other. When I see your post and I see you active and I see you looking fit and looking strong and seeing you in a way that I've never seen you before, because you mentioned you're a little petite person, tiny, you've always been skinny. But now I look at you, and I look at your happiness, I look at your smile, I I look at your, your self confidence, and that is empowering to me. So thank you for being that inspiration to me. Thank you for being part of this podcast journey. When we look back 30 years from now, (laughs) and we look back at this episode, you and I are going to feel this moment again. And I want that. I want to make those memories. I want to make those connections now because life is too short. So, yeah. thank you so much for joining me. I don't want to end this episode without giving you the opportunity to share a special message for someone listening. What is the best advice you can give to someone going through a hard time, whether it's physical pain, whether it's emotional pain, something that, you know, it's not a simple headache that someone can rely on? or relate to and understand you, deep inside injuries that it's hard to heal from, what advice do you have for that person?
1: It's hard because I wanna say all the things, um, but really is talk about it. Don't keep it inside, don't keep it to yourself. Uh, Sometimes we feel more like a burden for talking about everything that is hurting and if we just keep it inside. There are so many people around you that want to help and want to be there for you, but they can't because they don't know what you're going through. Uh, whether it's a bad day because something hurts, because whether it's a bad day because you're just missing somebody um, and you just wake up crying for no reason and you don't know why, talk about it. There's always somebody willing to listen. And that is what we are here for this is what your podcast is here for to open up those doors to somebody to share and talk about it um, so yeah whether you're feeling happy or sad or angry talk about it talk about it with a friend talk about it with a stranger talk about it and don't feel like you have to keep it all inside just for you um, because you, you don't know who you're going to inspire Um, or who's going to offer
0: help and give you inspire you yes motivate you be your trainer yes (laughs) yes that's excellently said yes be be your trainer
1: be your um, motivator Um, and just sometimes just talking about it listening to yourself saying things like oh never mind i got this (laughs) that's all i needed i just needed to say it Um, but yeah we're we're all here for you uh whether I've met you or not, uh, reach out. I have a letter on my Instagram. but now that you talk about friendships and uh, connections that you've lost, I have a letter on my Instagram. It's called "For the Friends I've Lost," and I have friends reach out to me and say, "Are you okay?" I'm like, yes. I just, I just wanted to say this, and it says, "For the friends that I've lost, for the friendships that I've just let go, whether our lives took us in different paths uh, or." I forgot to say I'm sorry what you're doing of just reaching out to people and saying hey that's the hardest part because sometimes you don't know
0: where your friendship ended or why (laughs) your friendship ended uh or why you lost touch like did I do something did something happen but you, it's so easy to lose yes. touch with each other. I talked about it with my first episode. I talked to Josh. He's on yes. the episode. He's one of the first ones on uh. the, the podcast. So anyone listening who's yes. just catching up yes. in this episode, <laughs> Josh was my first interview. And that's the first thing I said. We graduated and we've gone and parted ways. And yes, we still talk to each other because we have social media. And that's the best way to get a hold of someone nowadays. That's sad because... You call someone, they don't answer. You text someone, they don't reply. But you send them a DM on social media, or you comment on their (laughs) post, And they're right there like, thank you. Or like, hey, and I'm like, dude, I just called you like 50 times. Why don't you answer me? But that's the world we live in. We live on social media. And I connected with Josh. And that's the first thing that you're going to hear on that episode. We say, we've lost touch with each other and it's not on purpose it's not that you did something to me it's just the way of life you do your, yeah. I do me and eventually we stop connecting yeah. and, and I'm, I'm happy that you have chosen to reconnect um,
1: because you you spent a part of your life with these people yeah. and they're they, part of your story yes they made you who you are today uh, for the experiences and stories that you shared together. so yeah, touch uh, connect with others, reach out. and, it's not like we have places to go right now, so send them a DM, connect with them don't don't track of the people that mean something to you because we've seen it happen in the past year. We don't know how long we have
0: happen. each other, yeah, yeah. so. And it's important to say, I love you. It's important to say, thank you. It's important to say, I appreciate you. And those things are not easily said, but they mean a okay, lot. Okay, just say, I'm sorry. Because I've, I've lost friendships. And that was, that was part of
1: the, the, the breakups in my life. And not only romantic relationship breakups hurt, but friendship breakups hurt. Friendship fallouts. Yes. yes. Like they hurt so bad. And I, I've lost so many friends that I don't even know why. And if I did something to you, and that's why I say on my letter, if I did something to you that I'm unaware of, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And if I didn't get a chance to tell you before, I'm doing it now. But yes, re- reach out to your friends things your life can change this is how we started your life can change in a blink of an eye and I am lucky to be able to do what I do now and have that experience in the past but some of us are not so lucky and some of us our life they change a lot worse Um, so your life can change in a blink of an eye don't have any regrets I don't I try not to live my life with regrets if I'm mad at you I'm gonna tell you mad at you if I like you I'm gonna tell you that I like you because I don't want to wake up tomorrow wishing that I had done xyz so go do whatever you want and most of the time is I want to eat this taco because I want to do it that way. yes <laughs> <laughs>